0: Welcome to this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast on this 8th of April, 2020. I'm your host, The Real, Gerald Quinn, discussing the world of sports and pop culture. Of course, tonight is a special edition of the podcast. We are looking back at really one of the great college basketball national championships of all time, the 1999 National Championship. That saw UConn take out Duke 77 to 74. Really, again, one of the great COS basketball national championships in the last 25 years. Uh, amazingly, it's been 21 years since that game took place. Of course, there's, uh, you know, with the corona, the coronavirus, of course, it just destroyed the, uh, canceled all the. Game, all the NCAA tournament, the entire tournament, which I know a lot of you out there missed, as far as March Madness, and of course, this past Monday would have been the national championship game would have been played. So, figured you know, let's play homage to what uh, to a classic game. We are on a different platform. We are on the Zoom platform. So, right now, so we're trying some trying some new stuff out with Zoom. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Kind of, kind of. Zoom is probably you know going through a little test run right now for me, so we'll see if I want to use it for future episodes. But right now we're on the Zoom uh, platform. Uh, we're on the Zoom platform. So this will also, but with that being said, this still will be on my uh, YouTube channel. It'll be posted. I'll post it before the night is over. It'll also be on blog Talk Radio. Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, iTunes and the same platforms that my podcast is always on towards the end. I hope everybody out there is being safe uh, during this difficult time um, and definitely a salute to the, all the, the healthcare workers and first responders, you know, officers, fire people, doctors who are out there risking their lives to protect us and protect those who have been affected by this pandemic. Um, go back to 1999. This was a game where you had a Duke program that was already established as the program. Uh, Coach K had, um, gotten the program back to its elite status. Remember, he got sick in 95. He was sick in the 94, 95 season. Um, it took him about two years, two and a half years to get the program back, uh, Two and a half, three years to get the program back to being due. They lost in the previous year to in '98 to Kentucky again, that they easily could have won, had a 15-point lead in the second half and lost on the same floor. Ironically, that they would lose this championship in, on. And this Duke team was loaded. Uh, they came into came into the game 37 and one, 16 and 0 in the ACC. And if you count the ACC tournament, they went 19 and 0. They rolled up. They rolled everybody that was in their way. Uh, led the country in scoring 91.1 points per game. They, Elton Brand, of course, player of the year, they would have four of the first 14 draft picks, including three in the lottery. Avery was the only, Avery was, uh, William Avery was outside of, was a pick outside of lottery. He was the 14th pick. So this Duke team had it all. You're talking about Avery, you're talking about William uh, Elton Brand, uh, William Avery, Trajan Langdon, one of the best shooters in, um, uh, up during that era, uh, Corey McGetty, Nate James, Chris Carwell, Shane Battier, I mean, a loaded Duke team. They only lost that season prior to this game was a um, one of those Christmas tournaments, one of those holiday tournaments in November to Cincinnati. So they came in, um, just everybody thought this tournament was going to be the Duke Invitational. Everybody just basically crowned them. Now, they came off a tough game against Michigan State in the national semifinal, 68-62. That was a physical game, and I really felt that that game had an impact on uh, this championship. It took a look, because remember, college college basketball, you play on Saturday, and that's a quick turnaround from Saturday to Monday night. You really only have 24 hours of recovery when you think about it. so that, that definitely, uh, I thought, definitely favored Connecticut, especially considering the fact that Connecticut took out uh, Ohio State. Connecticut plays the early game. Duke plays the, the primetime game because they always had they will always have, like, the Dukes and North Carolina's of, of the worlds. those blue blood teams, Kentucky, playing the late game, playing the late game if they got to the Final Four. So Duke always, for the most part, always when they went to the Final Four would play the second game. Um so they were, again, heavy favorites, nine-and-a-half point favorites. That was the largest uh, point different point favorite. Um, they were the largest uh, point, point favorite in college basketball history, in national championship history, nine-and-a-half um, nine points, which is remarkable considering who they were facing. This Connecticut team was a team that, again, they were – on that list of teams that had not great teams and never win the big one, they were at the top of that list during 1999, um, 95. They had one of the best teams in the country, ran to UCLA, a team that a UCLA team that would end up winning the championship. 96, they were considered to be the best team in the country, got upset in Sweet 16, had a couple of decent years in 90. Had a decent year in 97, 98. They got a raw deal. That was a 32-win team, but they got put in the uh, North Carolina uh, North Carolina bracket, the East region, which wasn't fair because they Connecticut, to me, was probably – should have been uh, – I would rank them amongst the number two seeds. They probably were the second-best number two seed behind Duke that year. They should not have been in the same bracket as North Carolina and had to play in Charlotte. I mean, I in, no, in Greensboro. I believe that those regions were in Greensboro. That was not fair at all. That now was a game they lost 75-64 against a loaded North Carolina team with Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter, of course. So they come back a year later. Rip Hamilton, Khalid El Amin, Bosco, Kevin Freeman, uh, great role, excellent role players. Ricky Price, the veteran leader, veteran point guard who had a great game against Allen Iverson, if you remember that '96. Uh, Big East Championship held, really locked Iverson down that second half, second half of that game, and it completely changed the complexion of that game. If you, if you remember that that game, which was a classic uh, Big East Championship back in with uh, Ray Allen and Allen Iverson going at it, the of course the Ray Allen shot. So Connecticut actually, believe it or not, that season was ranked 10 weeks at number one. They were ranked, they were number one longer, more weeks than Duke was, which I don't know if you, if you look at it you probably wouldn't believe it unless you unless you, you know, unless you were just an avid college basketball fan or unless you were a Connecticut fan, you probably wouldn't believe that they were actually ranked number one uh, more weeks than Duke. Um, the game again. The game was a back and forth game. Uh, Duke led thirty nine thirty seven at halftime, and it was early mm-hmm. on over the course of this game that Connecticut we you knew. That Connecticut was not going to back down, even when Duke had the lead. Duke Duke had a early lead. Um, Duke had an early lead. That, I think Duke had like an early seven point lead, but Connecticut battled back and really made it was really a nip and tuck game for the most part. Both teams, neither team, ever had a double digit lead in this game. I think the biggest lead, uh, the biggest lead that a team had was nine, was by seven. Um, was by seven Connecticut had a lead late in the second half by six, but this, this, this game was played in, in, in that three to five point, that two to five point radius for the most part. And this is where Jim Calhoun, Jim Calhoun really, really to me earned his stripes as a coach. Um, now we already knew that he was a, he was an excellent coach up until that point, because in this game, uh, he out coached Mike Krzyzewski, uh from start to finish. They were going to make someone else, other than Elton Brand, beat him. Beat, beat him. Elton Brand, who, by the way, Elton Brand had a good game in this game. Elton Brand, fifteen and thirteen on eight shots. But the reason why he only had eight shots is they constantly came after after him with double with double and triple teams. They made him. They took the ball out of his hands for the most part. A couple times they slipped up and let him go single coverage where he made them pay. Remember, he was he was five and eight from the field with the, uh, fifteen points. But they made him into – they turned him into a playmaker, into a passer. Now, they gave up some – now, they would give up some threes to, to Langdon um, and some of the other players, Battier. But for the most part, for the most part, they controlled Elton Brand. And Elton Brand that year was, was – you know, again, he was the best player in the country that year. He was player of the year. He was the guy that made Duke go. So, they controlled that part. They double teamed him. I thought Calhoun used his bench – Again, this was the thing, and I, when I went back and watched this game, did not realize how much more quality depth Connecticut had versus Duke. Connecticut was was coming off the bench with three, but three, they were playing like 10 players. And they were going three or four deep, nine, ten deep off the bench, and that really wore Duke down. I felt like that wore Duke down in the second half. It got to a point in the second half uh, with about seven to eight minutes left to where Duke was physically wearing down and you know, you heard Billy Packer bring it uh, talk about it. He was and he was right on he was right on the money with that uh, analysis. And that was, you know, that was strictly coaching. I mean that was Calhoun using his bench. Um using his bench effectively using his bench. And listen, I can't knock, can't knock for not using his bench. The Duke team wasn't deep. I mean, they came off the bench with, with Nate James and Burgess. They were not deep. They were a top-heavy team, and that top—if you listen, when you have four pros, then you know your bench is not going to be that deep when you have that many that many pro prospects. And to his credit, he played his best players. He did not do what we've seen, uh, what we saw. Uh, John Calipari do in 2015 with this blue and white with this blue versus white team that they had, and they used 10, 12 players instead of just playing your best players, like playing Carl Anthony Towns 35, you know, 30 plus minutes and which ended up costing them. they I mean, that's the reason why that team to me came up short in that national uh semifinal game in 2015 when they should have undefeated. But Sushevsky played his best players. Uh this was a game where Trajan Langdon shot the lights out. Now we knew Langdon even during this game. We knew Langdon was not going to be. I, I was surprised when I looked back that Langdon was taken out of the lottery baby. because Langdon was he, Langdon was a classic guy who was undersized, perfect for college in terms of in terms of height and size, perfect for college. But you knew that wasn't going that wasn't going uh, that wasn't going to work in the NBA. He was an undersized two guard in the NBA who was not a great ball handler, and that would end up catching up with him. Late in, the, uh, late in the game. So, again, second half, Connecticut's down 39-37 at the half, but you still feel like Connecticut had been the better team. And I, I thought that Connecticut, but then we get to the second half, midway through the second half, Duke kind of asserts itself. They take a five-point lead, take a five-point lead, and then, you know, every time it seemed like Connecticut – or Duke was about to kind of push up, push away. Someone from Connecticut would make a big basket, or make a big play, or they would get a big turnover. So he really kept Duke from going from going on that patented run that they had been going on that they had went on throughout the course of the season and blown and had blown these teams away. Like Duke could hit you with a a 15 nothing run or a 20 to 5 run just in in two in two and a half three minutes. They were able to Connecticut was able to avoid that, and I really thought really think that they put a lot of game pressure on Duke. Remember Duke had the majority majority of Duke players were freshmen and sophomores. Avery was a sophomore. Brand was a sophomore. Getty was a freshman. Uh, Carwell was a uh, so, was a sophomore. Um, well, I think Carol was Carol might've been a freshman. James was a sophomore. You know, Langdon was really the only veteran that was playing, Battier was a uh, sophomore. Langdon was really the only veteran player as a senior. Versus Connecticut, they had a bunch of juniors. They had a nice mix of juniors and seniors and a couple of sophomores. Like Hamilton was a junior, Alameen was a junior. You know, those guys, Bosco, I think was a junior. So they had a lot, they had a nice mix. Ricky Moore was a senior. So Connecticut had a nice mix, Rashmel Jones, uh, those guys like that were um, were veteran players that had been in uh, that had been in uh, some in big tournament games. Remember the previous year they made it to the Elite 8 um, in 1998. So that bent their Connecticut's role players to me. Now, Hamilton was spectacular in this game. Hamilton, Ricky Moore, Ricky Moore in the first half really kept connected in this game. He had 13 points in the first half. His defense, his tenacity, he made big shots uh, in that first half. He really kept them in the game. Like, they should have probably been down 8 to 10 points, but Ricky Moore kept them in the game in that first half. And Rip Hamilton, second half, just takes over. Rip Hamilton had had 27 points, 7 rebounds for the game, ended up winning the MOP, and made every big shot known to man in that second half. So you had Moore in the first half. You had Hamilton in the second half. uh, That was the difference for uh, for Connecticut. And I really think that I don't like how Duke handled the final possessions, the last – so Duke's down 70 – they're down by one. And they're down by one plenty of time, and you decide to put the ball in Trajan Langdon's hand. And you have Trajan Langdon being guarded by Ricky Moore. Okay. Now you're down by one. You have Elton Brand, and you have a bunch of three-point shoot guys who are capable of making three-point shots. Matt Battier, uh McGetty, William Avery, all those guys can make threes. Okay. Langdon. So to me, I never understood why. Even watching it years later, why did they decide to put the ball in Langdon's hands and have him go up against a great defensive player like Ricky Moore? So he goes up against Ricky Moore the first time. He he ends up traveling, Connecticut comes down um, and makes both free throws. They're down 75, 77 to seventy-four. They get the ball to him the second time. Now again, time they had about five, four or five seconds. They really they had to go full court. So they really were up against it. They probably were not going to get off a good shot to begin with. But regardless of that, he loses the ball again, and they don't even get off a, a shot. So, But, again, I'll, the last possession I, I don't have a major problem with, but the previous possession, where you're down by one, you're only down by one. You can get the ball to Ellen Brand. Ellen Brand is either going to do one or two things. He's going to get fouled if you don't double-team him, or he's going to score if you don't double-team him. If you double-team him, or triple team. Somebody's going to be open for a wide open three, for a three point shot, and that was the thing that Connecticut was willing to give up in this game. And that was that was that was some open threes. They were not going to let Alan Brand go out there and get twenty five and thirty. So when you get, when you have when you double team as hard as they double team, you have to give you have to give up something. You may give up an open uh, open three for Battier. You may give up an open three for McGetty. So you know it's kind of like you know, it was kind of like pick your poison from that standpoint, but. Um, I didn't like that. I didn't like. I didn't like that particular play call. That you know that um, that play or that strategy of having Langdon go at Ricky Moore. If you remember in that game, most of Langdon's points came off catch and shoot. It was they stuck. Rarely did he score off the dribble in that game, and he's not an off the dribble. He's not a off the dribble player. He's a he was a catch and shoot player. One of the great shooters during that particular era, he was a great shooter, catch-and-shoot player. So he, he did not have that type of skill like, like a Steph Curry, who, who can shoot out the dribble and be lethal from three-point range. Um, so that was a mistake. Um, they, Connecticut wins the game. And, you know, again, this game, Connecticut for the game, shot 54% uh, for the game. Duke was able to get to the line. That kept him in the game. Uh, Duke, of course, uh, Langdon was hot from t- from three point range. That those, made some, he made some timely threes, especially in the second half. He, I think, he had 25 points for the game. And this really, this game, this win, really took UConn's program to another level. No longer was Calhoun best coach not to win the not cha- to win the championship. Connecticut having all these tournament wins without winning a championship, they were completely off that list. Remember, they had been to the Elite Eight three times, in '90, '95, '98, all losing to the event, all losing to a team that either eventually won the championship or got to the championship game. Um, UCLA and or, or no, I got or at least losing to a team that got to the Final Four eventually. Uh, North Carolina didn't win the championship in '98, but they lost to Duke in '90. They got to a championship UCLA in '95 they won, um, won the championship course that year. So this jump started, this really took the Connecticut program to another level. Um, Calhoun out coaching Um, you had, you had uh, Connecticut would go on to win four championships in a 15 year span. Duke would win a championship two years later. Um, Duke's team in 99 will go down probably as one of the great teams in recent memory, not to win a championship. I'm not gonna say they're the greatest, but one of the great teams, especially in the, in the last 20, 25 years, not to win a championship. Probably I would say the, the two best teams not to win a championship in the last 20, 25 years. I would say UNLV, that 91 Vegas team won, uh, this Duke team, this Duke team two, and probably at 2015, Kentucky team, those are probably like your three best teams not to win a championship in the last 20, um, in the last 25 years. So Duke, this was a, again, this game was not, you know, Duke being a nine point, nine and a half point favorite, this game, this was not as big of upset as you would think considering how talented Connecticut was and how Connecticut was 33 and two coming into the game. And again, they had been number one for 10 weeks leading up to this game. They played in a tough big East Conference. Um, they this was not as big as an upset as people make it out to be. Just like the Duke, just like Duke beating UNLV was not as big as an upset that that people make it out to be if you really look back at that Duke team in retrospect. I mean, Christian Lane, Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, Thomas Hill, Brian Davis. That was a loaded Duke team. Now, at the time, nobody thought they were going to beat Vegas. It was more about what happened with them with Vegas the previous year in 1990 when they lost by 30, which is still a record in the championship game. But uh, Connecticut was due for a championship. They were due to win. They were due to win it. And again, they would go on to become one of the top programs in the country for the better part of the next of the next decade. They would they would win. They would go four or five years. They would go five years before they won their next championship in two thousand four and again two thousand one Duke would win the championship with some of the players from this group. Uh, uh Shane Battier uh was that uh, Shane Baddie, Jason Williams led team in 2001. Again, um this game again was from I encourage anybody to be a college basketball fan, especially now, you know, with quarantine and you have some time on your hands, this was a classic game from start to finish. Uh these two teams went at it. Uh, you like the fact that Connecticut had no fear of Duke uh, whatsoever. Uh, Kevin Freeman was a was big in this game. He was he his defense, his rebounding. Um, he made some big plays, especially in the first half with the block shots. I mean, I think he, he had like three blocks for the game. He had three blocks. I think he probably had like seven to eight rebounds. He played a he played a tremendous game. His numbers do even his numbers don't even Can't even speak for the impact that he had on this game. Khalid Al-Amin made some big free throws uh, and made a big shot down the stretch. Made a big shot down the stretch in the second half, half. coming off a... um, uh, in the second half. So I think Connecticut was just a... Duke had more talent up top, but as far as balance... Experience Connecticut was everything that you would want out of a national champion. They had the great, they had the one great player, they had the nice number two piece in Khalil Alameen, who was not afraid of sh- taking big shots. They had the veteran point guard who could defend and also, you know, score a little bit. And they had veteran role players, something that's kind of lost on some of these top heavy teams. This, again, this is again, there's a reason why. In recent memory, that you haven't had a lot of one-and-done teams have success in the tournament because a of lack of depth and a lack of uh, you know experience with seniors and juniors. So Connecticut had a nice mix of both, great player Rip Hamilton who would end up being a number seven pick in the '99 draft, and a bunch of veterans that you know they had been there before in losing in Elite Eight in '98. Uh, in so of course, um, again I mentioned earlier, Duke would end up going on having four of their first 14 draft picks in the 99 draft. Hamilton was the only one that uh, was drafted from that Connecticut team in in the following draft as a seventh pick in 99. Uh, El Amin had a cup of coffee in the NBA, but not, you know, didn't play long. And none of those other guys really materialized on this team into being NBA players. Again, this is one of the great college national championship games in the last 20, 25 years. i definitely – We'll go encourage um, we'll go watch uh, we'll go see we we'll go watch it and if you have some time on your hands uh Connecticut 77 Duke 74 this is the real deal podcast I will see you next time